Before we begin, please refer to the disclaimer and link in the podcast notes, and note that all opinions expressed in this podcast are intended for informational purposes only and should not be treated as investment or financial advice. Welcome back to the Collective Shift channel. Today, we'll be discussing a recent post by our senior research analyst, Nick, on Ethereum withdrawals, a major upgrade coming up for what is the largest smart contract blockchain in the world. This post was published for Collective Shift members recently and is an example of the type of content we produce for our valued members to help them save time and make informed decisions. Nick, I'll hand it over for you to take it away. Cheers, Matt. Yeah, keen to get into this one because Ethereum withdrawals are sort of the talk of the town at the moment. They been coming for a while now and we are finally getting to the stage where we're going to have withdrawals on ethereum so this basically just means that people who staked their eth to what was called the old beacon chain uh are now finally able to withdraw their stake um it's been since uh december 2020 since these people were actually able to get back their eth uh from you know uh the staking it's a big deal because a lot of people are worried about potential sell pressure uh, because this ETH has been locked up for a few years now, and a lot of people are questioning whether there's going to be a lot of ETH hitting the market, a lot being sold onto the market, which could place pressure on price. Uh, so a lot to get into here, because uh, I know I'm I'm in the camp that maybe I'm not feeling like there will be a lot of sell pressure, maybe a, a positive overall for Ethereum. Yeah, sure, Nick. There's been a lot of lot of talk about yeah the price impacts, uh, which yeah we'll we'll definitely get into. As you said, since December 2020, some of them a lot has transpired in between then. A lot of ups and downs in price and just the overall state of, of the crypto industry and the Ethereum ecosystem. Uh, could you just maybe walk through, you know, some of these factors you, you discussed here for members in relation to you know, your arguments that you put forward to, you know, why you think sell pressure will be like pretty, pretty minimal, all things considered? Hmm. Yeah. So my uh, main analysis rests on the idea that there will be some sell pressure, but it will be quite minimal compared to what I think a few others in the industry may be saying or some some of those doom and gloom headlines, uh, mainly because there will be this sell pressure from potentially, uh, uh, you know, taxation um, things that they initially will get. You know, people need to take profits to pay for taxes because, you know, that ETH will be sort of a revenue-generating event. Uh, and the fact that withdrawals are, uh, actually and all the rewards are actually automatically withdrawn so that's about a million uh, ETH worth of uh, value that will automatically be withdrawn into the market. Um, now, these have the idea to restake or to withdraw that um, totally or sell it. Uh, so that's why there will be some sell pressure because a lot of these people are going to be selling their partial rewards uh, that they've accumulated over the years. Uh, the reason why I don't think that it's going to be a particularly uh, massive sell side event and is actually a positive because it's this idea that withdrawals are finally here and it creates a lot more confidence and certainty in the market. Uh, in my mind, this sort of really de-risks ETH because um, if you're a big institution and wanting to get involved in the staking game, the inability to withdraw your stake is a significant risk for you as a business and as a person. So Ethereum and, and crypto is already risky enough, let alone you know, you're trying to tell your boss or something that Hey, I'm going to do staking, but we, you know, you can actually get your ETH out. And we're not sure if the staking contract actually works. Um, there could be a, uh, a major catastrophe that could happen where there's a bug in the smart contract and, and that's the, the really doom situation for Ethereum. But most likely from all the test nets that have happened so far, 
it's it's all went ahead pretty smooth. So this is going to be a, a major catalyst for me. You know why we're not going to see that massive um, sell side event. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I don't think many people appreciate that that de risking. You know, there's always yeah, as you said, risk with any cryptocurrency uh, investing in it. But when it's something more like a bit technical, like like Ethereum tends to be, you know, every upgrade removes that that extra bit of uncertainty as they get towards their goal of sort of trying to scale and and be you know capable to be used by the masses for for a cheap a cheap transaction fee. So. I suppose could you then maybe you know talk a bit a bit more, Nick, about um, you know why other reasons perhaps why I think you know it's overblown this whole you know narrative or not narrative, but these arguments people are putting forward like you know why you know this upgrade will will actually cause a they reckon it will cause a big a big sell off in ETH. Could you maybe just talk about another sort of you know reason that you've been mulling over why you think it is a bit overblown, these arguments? Yeah, so outside of the clarity uh, and de-risking of ETH, a few other major things to consider is that there are staking tokens available where people can get access to liquidity if they really need it. So if you're in trouble and need it out of your staking position, you could actually use these staking tokens, whether it's provide a loan on the back of it, whether it take a loss on the difference between the peg, uh, you can actually get your liquidity out and, and access liquidity now and in the last few years. Uh, so that's not too much of an issue then for people who really need the money. And we're also seeing that a lot of um, early stakers are long-term aligns. I think with Ethereum, especially those who staked early on, uh, the sort of people that will continue supporting the network rather than uh, taking out uh, their ETH at you know really low prices at the moment in the middle of a bear market. Um, these are the people that will keep it staked for long-term. And we're also seeing, according to the data, that only 16% of Ethereum stakers are in profit. So if you're, uh, there's not these massive profits to be had and to be withdrawn, you know, from, from these stakers. Maybe if the price was different, we're at all time highs, we may see, uh, these Ethereum stakers start to withdraw a lot and putting a lot of sell pressure. But considering the market that we're in at the moment and a lot of, you know, Ethereum stakers are underwater, actually. This, you know, sort of presents the case to me that we're not going to see a lot of uh, people withdrawing, you know, to to make profit or anything like that. Yeah, that was a you know really you know eye-opening chart that you know you posted there from you know a creator, uh, someone who put this together on, uh, over on Dune, very good uh, analytics site that we you know recommend checking out at Collective Shift. Um, yeah, really, really clear explanation. You know, for those watching on the screen here, just got three categories. You know, the stakers who you know, when they put in their ETH and they staked it to the beacon chain, you know, what was the price of ETH at the time they did that? Um, and then, you know, it's able then to just determine, you know, whether they are that, that staked ETH is sort of sitting in, in profit at the moment or whether it's mostly the same price or whether they're at a loss. And yeah, as Nick included in his post here, you know, so what I think a lot of people don't remember when they're talking about this topic is that a lot of stakers are, are sitting on some heavy losses. So. As you said, Nick, probably a different conversation, I reckon, if, if ETH was more towards all-time highs. Yeah, and another factor to, to consider is that these people may be withdrawing their stake, but it's not saying that they're going to be selling their stake. So we could see a lot of people withdraw because they want to change who they're staking with. Perhaps mm -hmm. we're going to have – there's a lot of centralization, centralization concerns about Lido and how much stake it has that people may want to withdraw from Lido, but they may stay in the Ethereum ecosystem to stake with Rocket Pool or some of these other smaller providers 
to provide, I think, greater decentralization to the network and promote, um, you know, this move away from centralization. So a lot of factors to consider. And we have to remember that only 14 to 15% of the Ethereum supply is staked, which is far below the industry standard, which is in 40, 40 to 50% and much higher than um, your leading proof of stake networks such as Polkadot, Solana, Cardano, and a lot of these other, um, you know, proof of stake blockchains. Mm, yeah, definitely a lot of, a lot of room to, to grow. I think that is another sort of surprising figure when you don't compare Ethereum to its rivals and the percentage of staked, staked ETH. It's like, I feel like we're still in the very early stages. So another, another great sort of reason there, Nick. Um, I suppose in, in wrapping it up, um, you know, when, when is this, uh, upgrade? sort of expected to arrive i know they've been testing it for a while yeah so hopefully uh, by the time this video goes to air um, they have not announced the date but at the moment the date is uh there's no fixed date at the moment but the final test net on ghoulie has went live it has had one or two issues which was just to do about lack of participation and these note um validators nodes upgrading a lot of the infrastructure okay. but the withdrawals itself has went smoothly yeah so i think we could start to see in the next couple of uh next week or so a mainnet date uh at the moment it's looking like april uh mid to late april yeah no exciting stuff and then yeah i know that you've got um you know a post coming out relatively soon i think you know life after this upgrade <laughs> for, for ethereum you know there's still a lot a lot to go on um maybe just at, at a high level just like you know a, a few sentences about you know what is next for mm-hmm. ethereum as, as we sort of just wrap things up here you know after this upgrade yeah because that's one of my takeaways as well is that it's finally leaves the merge chapter of ethereum mm-hmm. done and dusted it was the final thing needed to complete the merge and now we're going to be seeing developers start to shift focus away from withdrawals and, and dedicate 100% of their time into other Ethereum upgrades. So at a high level, one to look out for is EIP4844, which is simply helping the scaling problem for Ethereum. Mm. Then we have other potential uh, UI issues that may be tackled, um, trying to abstract a lot of the confusion around wallets away and make it a, a better user experience, as well as tackling perhaps network centralization. Uh, mm. you know, so a lot lot out there. Uh, we'll cover that in next post, and I'm keen to get into that one because a lot to come for Ethereum uh, at the end of this uh, final uh, merge chapter. Yeah, it'd be nice to have yeah, those developer resources or, or more of them. I know there's teams that work on these other areas you're talking about, all these for all last year, and that, but you know, the rest of them that are still working on this uh, mm. upgrade that we've been talking about, it'll be nice to get them onto, onto some more bigger challenges, I think people would argue, to help Ethereum uh, scale. So yeah, exciting stuff. Thank you for breaking it down, Nick. As we do sort of close up here, is another reminder that this is, yeah, as I said, a post that we... An example of a post that we publish for members at Collective Shift, you know, there's about five to seven posts per week up on the platform. This was an example of one of them. To read the full article, we will link to it below. And for checking out anything more we do at Collective Shift, you do want to head over to our website at collectiveshift.io.